1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dairy Gold Agri Business, for quality feed, expert service and support you can trust.
2: Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, the €100 million beef compensation announcement. Farmer Vox Pop at ICSA meeting in Charleville. Silage traffic warning. But our top story, Miss Katrina Morrissey, news editor, Irish Farmers Journal, comments on our front page article regarding the €100 million beef compensation package. Katrina, is this a cast-iron guarantee?
3: It is coming into effect. It is um, almost cast iron guaranteed because 50 million euro has been pledged from the European Commission and that will be matched by 50 million euro from the Irish state government. And the Taoiseach has confirmed that that will be rolling out to farmers within a number of months. So it is definitely on the way. It's badly needed and it is good news for beef farmers.
2: So when you say a couple of months, I presume then for farmers with bills outstanding, that will be accepted as a virtual money for people who may owe merchants. That's definite, but it'll be a few months.
3: That's right. I suppose they have to work out the details of who will qualify, what criteria they have to meet to qualify. There has been some work done on that already. The IFA submission, which was you know, used to, uh, to make the case to both Europe and Dublin for help for farmers, The calculations that they did, what they did was they compared the prices in 2015, which was pre Brexit, to those received by farmers between September last year and March this year. And they compared those two periods and and it showed that cow prices were down by the equivalent of 33 million, uh, steers were down by 30 million, heifers 23 million, and young bulls 15 million. Now, their calculation was based on a €20 compensation for every 5 cent per kilo in the price difference. They are the figures, I suppose, that we are working off at the minute. It remains to be seen if if, um, both the Commission and the government will take those verbatim from the IFA, but but that seems to be the the, uh, the outline of the scheme at the moment.
2: This is a huge ray of hope for beef farmers. And we hear from time to time the terrible predicament of those people producing top quality meat with the suckler cow enterprise uh, operators.
3: Yeah, so to the layperson, the suckler cow is the one that you see with her calf in the field. So the calf is, merely, is, is mainly reared on the mother's milk for about six months until it's weaned. So when you see, uh, you know, a nice charlie, a nice limousine um, in the field with her calf beside her, that is a suckler cow. It
2: would appear the IFA upfront uh, activity and campaigning has paid off. The case has been put so strongly that now we have the 100 million euro, which the IFA basically was demanding.
3: That's right. I mean, the IFA have mounted a campaign over the last number of months. It's it's obviously yielded fruit. It's great news for, for farmers. There were a lot of very disgruntled farmers at the, the Farmers' Journal Beef Summit in Balmaslow last week. We had 1,300 farmers there in total. We have six pages of coverage in the paper this week, you know, giving all the news and views. But people were really to the pin of their collar with um, prices this winter. Particularly bulls was very difficult to, to get them killed in factories. And look, this is, you know, some good light at the end of the tunnel, badly needed um, and, and I think will be welcomed by farmers all over the country.
2: Thank you very much indeed. Miss Katrina Morrissey, the news editor, of Irish Farmers Journal. Just looking at your big story, your lead story in the paper, the Irish Farmers Journal this week. Hogan secures a €100 million euro fund for beef farmers, and as you alluded to, a six page special, News and Views from the Ballinasloe Beef Summit held recently. That's all in the journal. And of course, people who went to the Beef Summit in Ballinasloe, they'll recollect uh, it was a very, very fiery meeting, but a great chance for people to let off steam. Because because some people there they just were desperate and they showed very clearly their desperation but thank you katrina very much indeed thank you mr joe healy ifa national president joins us on the dairy gold farm talk program joe welcome to the program now your recent major demonstration your major protest meeting in cork city that may have contributed directly or indirectly to the announcement of the 100 million euro beef compensation package
4: well, it had because the protest was, uh, I suppose, it, it was an addition on to so much more work that IFA had done all over the, the country with politicians and at European level. And I, uh, our, our staff uh, did an analysis on the losses incurred by the sector and by beef farmers who had sold cattle uh, and slaughtered cattle from between March 2018 and, uh, sorry, September 2018 and March 2019 and compared that with the similar period pre-Brexit 2015 into 2016. And that showed very clearly that there was losses of over €100 million Euro incurred by those farmers. So we lodged that submission with the Minister uh, for Agriculture, the Department, the Government, and with the European Commission, and particularly Commissioner Hogan. And uh, we our ask was €100 million Euro to, to compensate those farmers and to support them through this very difficult period. And... Um, we had meetings in Brussels, we had meetings in Dublin with all those various people and then we had the big protest where the cabinet were meeting at City Hall down in Cork and uh, in Cork City and on that morning we had well over a thousand farmers from all over the country and as the politicians were arriving we got an opportunity to meet the Taoiseach, the Taunista, the Minister for Agriculture, Minister for Finance and all the other relevant ministers and I think it was very clear there not only the anger and the frustration amongst the beef farmers but the level of despair that was amongst beef farmers and it was great uh, and it really strengthened the the argument by the IFA of the need for a, a support package and I was in Japan last week myself and I spent three days in the company of Commissioner Hogan and every day uh, I was in his ear about the need for an aid package. We went back to Brussels, I was over there last Monday and I met again with Commissioner Hogan and with the President of the EU Council of Ministers, uh, Peter Day, he's the Romanian Minister for Agriculture uh, and highlighted how the Irish beef farmers were being affected. So. You know, we were delighted that Commissioner Hogan announced the 50 million euro package during the week. And, uh, you know, we expect and uh, that is the expectation and they've given a commitment that the government will match that. And I think the focus now needs to turn very clearly to getting that money distributed as quickly as possible, that every cent of it goes to farmers and that none of it goes to uh, the factories or the factory owners Um we need to get it out to farmers as quickly as possible and with the minimum of red tape or bureaucracy.
2: Joe, how soon roughly can we expect to see the benefits of this massive 100 million euro beef uh, compensation fund begin to trickle through to farmers? Many of these farmers, they literally are, you know, at the, the end of the tether in terms of finances, etc.?
4: Well, they are, and we we have already said that uh, we need to be talking about a matter of weeks here, not months. We have uh, called on the minister to um, get the finer details of the distribution and who's going to get it uh, out there as quickly as possible. And uh, because I think what's very important, and one of our farmers who was interviewed during the week for the news, he said, this money isn't really for the farmers. He said, it's for the farmers to pay the bills that they owe to The silage contractor to the grain merchant, to the fertilizer merchant, to the veterinary surgeon, to the oil, the person who supplied diesel for the farm, the maintenance man. So those are all bills that have uh, built up on those farms, because I think one farmer put it very succinctly to me recently when he said that there's only two ways uh, that he thinks he can pay his bills. And he said one of them is out, he said, because it means getting a loan. And he said, I wouldn't expect any bank to give me a loan at the moment based on my figures. And he said the only other option open to me is, he said, if I only buy back three animals for every five that I've sold. So hopefully this fund, uh, if it's paid out uh, uh, over the next few weeks, that that will help that farmer to pay the bills and to buy back five animals for the five that he sold.
2: That's certainly a ray of hope. We appreciate this help from Brussels, their contribution to this €100 million Euro compensation fund uh, for beef people in a crisis. But looking to the immediate future and midterm, what would farmers' concerns be about to Europe? Even looking at the beef thing there, we see, you know, the European Union will bring in Environmental measures uh, linked to payments, but at the same time we fear the Mercosur imports. But if you had to outline just a few of the farmers' concerns, lingering concerns, despite this very generous and understanding move by Brussels, by what we'll call Europe, the European Union.
4: Well, and look, before I move on from that, and I, I look, we have uh, a lot of uh, senior politicians and ministers uh, in from Cork County, and it's vital. Uh, that they don't drag their heels on this one. In fairness to the government, they have at all times said that they have the farmers' backs. This is the time we would have expected that the announcement would have been made over the last few days uh, of the matching funding. But, you know, let's not drag it on. Let's uh, get the announcement made, get the details in place, and get the money out uh, to the farmers that need it. Uh, In answer to your question, John, a number of the other concerns, obviously, um, you know, uh, a lot of the losses incurred at the moment is as a result of the uncertainty with Brexit. Brexit, while it might have died away a little bit in the media when it was kicked down the road on the thirty-first of October, but it's still very evident in the in the whole agricultural system and the prices uh, system and the prices that ca- farmers are getting. Uh, and that will only, I m- imagine, immediately after the summer period, that that will kick into action again. And uh, you don't feel October coming around the corner. And, you know, we have highlighted the fact all along that um, in, the, in the case of WTO and WTO rules, in the case of a crash out and WTO rules applying, um, you know, there will be a huge amount of pressure exerted on the beef sector, uh, on the dairy sector and on all the sectors, but particularly beef. Um, so Brexit is, remains a concern and will remain a concern the CAP, the Common Agricultural Policy, which I think has proved to be a very successful common policy across Europe. The proposals that are in place um, are uh, suggest a 5% cut. Now, the IFA met with Commissioner Ottinger, the European Commissioner for the Budget, when he was in Ireland and he addressed the uh, Oireachtas com- Committee on Agriculture. And he highlighted the fact that there would be a cut of between 15 and 30%. We immediately met him and said that that wasn't uh, acceptable. We said, what sort of a message is that sending to the countries that have remained loyal to the EU if they're going to be so much worse off as a result of a country who decided to vote to leave the EU? We also met with Commissioner Hogan. And instead of a 15% cut, the proposals uh, suggest a 5% cut. Now, we don't accept that either in IFA. A cut is a cut and particularly a cut to a figure that hasn't been indexed to account for inflation. So it's crucial that there's no cut in the cap. And we've also called for it to be indexed for inflation going forward, because that 5% cut that we're talking about, that's equivalent to a loss of 97 million a year before inflation to Irish farmers. If you add inflation, you're talking about a loss of 256 million a year to Irish farmers. So... Uh, We're very clear there can't be a cut because the Common Agricultural Policy, what that has done, John, it has allowed farmers all over Europe to ensure that there is an adequate supply of top quality food available at affordable prices to the consumers, to the non-farmers. And to bear this in mind, because it's a message that we often fail to get across in the 1960s when CAP was introduced, there was over 30% of the average household income being spent on food. Today in Ireland, it's 9.2% of the average household income being spent on food. So to the non-farmer, I would say if you try and think of what the cap is, it's not a benefit for farmers. What the cap is, is a subsidy to allow farmers to produce top quality food at a low price for the consumer. And that's borne out by the figures that I've just given there, the 9% versus the 30% of the average household income. Beyond that, uh, the trade uh, trade deals with other countries, as I said, I've just come back from Japan, that is a positive trade deal for Irish agriculture, for dairy and uh, beef in particular. Um, The Mercosur trade deal that you mentioned yourself, that's not a positive deal. um, And that's on the table at the moment our trade commissioner, Commissioner Malmström, she made an initial offer before it even came to the table of 70,000 tonnes. The Mercosur countries, which are made up of Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay and Uruguay, they looked for, I think it was up close to 300,000 tonnes. So our campaign has been number one, not to allow that deal to go through. And if and when it does go through, that the final figure is a lot closer to the 70,000 tonnes as opposed to the figure that the Mercosur countries are looking for. And I think one of the other big uh, challenges facing us all, but I keep saying to Irish farmers that we can embrace it, is the whole area of climate change. Um, Because, you know, the European Commission Joint Research Centre, they have highlighted the fact that Irish dairy producers are the most carbon-efficient producers in Europe, and our beef producers are in the top five most carbon-efficient producers. So uh, our argument has always been that while Irish farmers have done a lot, we're producing 40% more food now than we were in 1990, and yet our emissions are at the same level now as they were in 1990. But we're always interested in, in doing much more, uh, and Chagask have a roadmap there that uh, if followed and if supported and if the infrastructure is put in place by the government will help Irish farmers to reduce our emissions by a huge amount over the next 10 to 15 years. So we have, we're the only sector, one of the only sectors that has a 10-year plan for climate change and climate mitigation. But we are very carbon efficient. And let's produce food where it's most carbon efficient. If we don't produce it here in Ireland, well, then other countries, will produce the beef and the dairy that aren't as carbon-efficient as we are. And I think, you know, we had meet, uh, a meeting during the week in Macroom on uh, nitrates, and that is also a big issue for the 7,000 Irish farmers that have nitrates derogations. So there are some of the concerns and the issues, but I think all comes back to farm incomes, and they all have a huge impact one way or another on farm
2: incomes. Before we conclude... We go back again to our main point for speaking the fact that there is now a 100 million euro beef compensation fund linked to the losses incurred by Brexit even before Brexit happens. But we are welcoming that. But you're appealing to certainly Cork politicians or Cork members of the government and the government and the minister to make sure this money comes through without delay.
4: That's exactly it and that uh, the farmers that are badly affected by it in the dry stock sector and like we have seen, the beef farmers and the suckler farmers suffer huge losses to their income over the, over the past um, 8 to 10 months uh, and even be, before that. So what we need now is the government to match the Commissioner Hogan's funding and to get the details out as quickly as possible, get the money out to farmers as quickly as possible with minimum red tape.
2: Thank you very much indeed for taking our call, Mr. Joe Healy, IFA National President. Thank you, Joe. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Take care.
0: Farm Talk on C103 with John O'Connor.
2: In welcoming the announcement of a support fund for the beef sector, the Irish Natura and Hill Farmers Association, (INHFA) are insisting that any support measure must include the suckler sector. INHFA President Mr. Colm O'Donnell outlined how the proposed €100 million is a good start in providing a much-needed support to farmers across the beef sector, farmers who have endured substantial losses over the last year. However, Mr. O'Donnell said that the €100 million should not be seen as the only solution, and he believes further funding will be needed as early as this autumn. That statement there from Mr. Colm O'Donnell
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Mr. Dennis Drennan, chairperson of the ICMSA's Farm and Rural Affairs Committee, has urged all rural dwellers and visitors to rural areas to be extra vigilant over the next few weeks, which tend to be a very busy period on Irish farms due to silage making. Many farmyards, he said, would be a hive of activity with contractors and farmers under pressure to harvest silage as quickly as possible. Yeah,
5: well, it's the silage season is kicking into full swing now with good weather. So we're just saying the main thing is that silage and everything is done safely. And that takes cooperation between the, the farmers, the contractors and the general road users. So we're just asking the general public to be a little more patient. There's a lot of people working long hours and hard days on the road, and just be a little more patient if you get stuck behind a trailer or a harvester or a loader or whatever. Just, you know, instead of doing maybe, maybe trying to take on a reckless overtaking manoeuvre, maybe st- sit, just stay behind for a few minutes, have a little bit of patience, and hopefully then the contractor or whoever's driving the, the vehicle will pull in at the first available opportunity and let, and let you pass.
2: Away. Expect the unexpected people pulling out. Well, I suppose, look at it,
5: most activity activities happening on small country roads and back roads and boreens. So just so you know, a road that you may be normally travelling down that you'd never meet a car or anybody on, you may suddenly meet a fleet of tractors and trailers, so just be aware, it is highly season, Give that a bit of extra time. If you're going somewhere, you know, leave that two or three minutes earlier, gives you, the, gives you the chance that you don't have to be rushing around the corner where you might suddenly come upon a tractor or a silage harvester. And By the nature of these machines, they're much bigger than they used to be, so they do take up a, a large proportion of the road. So just a little bit of consideration between everybody. We were urging that the general public would take their time and give that a few extra minutes, and that the contractors would, if there is a tailback development behind them, would pull in at the first available opportunity, and let people pass safely and the other thing that we're we're asking the contractors to do is a lot of the new tractors have a huge array of led lights and new lights and work lights on them but these work lights are are for while you're working in the field not while you're driving on the public road and we would urge people that contractors and tractor drivers and farmers to turn off all these work lights while they're driving on the public road not to be blinded oncoming vehicles by law we're required to have a flashing beacon while we're on the road and this should be enough to to uh, advise oncoming traffic that there's a large machine coming. So there's no need to have all the all the um, the work lights on, blinding other people and dazzling other people and people end up looking feeling like a rabbit in the headlights. So people just a little bit of consideration for everybody on the road, both drivers of the the silage machinery and the general public driving their cars or vans or whatever on the road and look at we can get through another silage season safely, hopefully it's still relatively early in May but we've we've been lucky this year we've had a mild winter and a dry spring and growth rates are pretty good so there is some of the first of the silage has been harvested this week it'll probably go on for another three to four weeks but uh, hopefully the weather stays stay fine and there won't be any pressure on, on anybody and we can, as I said the main thing is that the silage is, is cut safely and, and there's, there's no accidents
2: and it be killed on the road when you say rural affairs, we worry about a crime. When figures go down, that mightn't mean a lot in reality on the ground for people who are worried and uh, locked up on the farms, living in fear. Well, I
5: suppose you know all statistics are dangerous to take in a snapshot. But I suppose there is a lot of people who are saying that what's the point in reporting crime? You know, if my house is robbed and I come back a day later, or it's robbed while I'm in bed, or whatever, like you know, what are the guards supposed to do? You know, I ring them. The the culprits are long gone. So, I mean, there is an element that some people are just not reporting crime, and because of that reason, then you have other people who are actually afraid to report crime in case it, it draws these people back on them. So, you know, Snapchat in time is always dangerous. Statistics over a short period are dangerous, but uh, hopefully rural crime is under the decline. But, as I said, you know, you have to be careful that it could be just people not reporting it for various reasons. Well, obviously, look, everybody has to take personal responsibility for their own belongings. So, I mean, you know, we, we, we time has changed. So, like, I mean, one time we could all leave our back doors open and leave our workshops open and leave keys in cars and in tractors and everything. But unfortunately, those days have changed. And we never know when somebody on tour is going to come onto our premises. So we'd always urge people to lock everything as securely as they possibly can, uh, to do have, keep down, have, have their machinery marked with serial numbers taken down and, you know, maybe some pictures of this valuable equipment. And, uh, you know, do the best they can, that if, if an item is stolen, that they have, you know, a proper identification on their machines. But the main thing is, like, we are, as I said already, we are living in different times. So everybody's vulnerable, no matter what. how quiet your area is, who knows who's going to turn up next week or next day.
2: Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Dennis Drennan, Chairman, ICMSA Farm and Rural Affairs Committee. Mr. Gus Long, Bandon Show 2019, joins us. Gus, could you remind our listeners about all the attractions of your show and when and where it's taking place?
6: Our show is taking place tomorrow, Sunday, at the showgrounds, Castleburner, Bandon. We're hoping to have a pretty nice, decent show this year, showcasing the best local with cook, food, produce and cuisine.
2: What livestock classes will you have at the show?
6: Horses, cattle, ponies, all that. And we also had the phone and all that. The musical puppets. These are very interesting and entertaining outfit. Now they were there a few years back and they are very good and all that. Mothers know that the youngsters are to go to them and the day like. They are a very good outfit.
2: As regards parking and arrangements to get to the show?
6: There's no problem with parking, the makes and so on. And there's a Muslim Harrigan Pharmacy at 12.30. 30 the show first all day.
2: People who go along, there'll be plenty to see.
6: There would be some very good interest. I'd like to a uh, gas quality. Like.
2: And for people going along, uh, refreshments and uh, food if they feel a bit hungry?
6: Oh, there's plenty available in the normal see. This year now we have the macaroni back again. So they'll be, be shown after their
2: People should be very careful not to get too near livestock. Be very careful with livestock.
6: I would like to everybody to have a nice, safe show And don't walk in the way of any of these animals. That's my message to them anyway. And it is up to the exhibitors to take right care of their animals that they have under control at all times.
2: Before we began broadcasting, I think you were saying there's uh, Liam O'Driscoll, the ploughman from uh, Cork West, who won a tractor out in Russia in the European ploughing championships in Suzdal in Russia. I understand uh, that giant tractor That will be on display at the show, I believe.
6: Oh yes, that's now the end of the eye of that young fellas now that they'll be getting photographs taken and all that kind of entertainment.
2: This tractor really is a giant tractor. A giant of a tractor.
6: The show will be opened by Mr Harold Kingston of the Plowing Association. He did the job before and he's excellent. He's well well dressed in this this plowing thing. So Menden show is really associated to with the club, if you like.
2: Is that Harold Kingston, the IFA Cork central chairman? Any other attractions you'd like to oh, talk the to biggest, the, about? The, the
6: biggest attraction is the dog show. The dog show is a very big attraction, like in Menden, always. The doors they, will open for, for them about two o'clock at the end, of it, just away from there on in there.
2: Any classes that people can enter for on the day? The
6: only class you can enter on the day is the dogs.
2: A word or two about the great display of uh, cooking and arts and crafts, etc.
6: Well, it it all happens inside in that hall, uh, John. The work that's put into some of the exhibits that are going there is is something fantastic altogether. And there is no doubt about it now. There are people inside there and on the outside doors and work outside and everything. They are doing a great job with a very small committee.
2: There are two sets of people every year we pay good tribute to, Gus, speaking to Mr. Gus Long, Band and show. Every year we pay tribute to two groups. You might remind our listeners who they are, the people who help the show. Without these two sets of people, there'd be no show.
6: There would be no show without two sets of people. And those two sets of people are the committee and the voluntary workers and the sponsors. And big and smart sponsors will always be thanked in Bandon.
2: How long has your show, has the Bandon show, been going? The Bandon show started in
6: 1952, and it means two years with foot and mouth. So it's been under the since.
2: Bandon show has been held every year since 1952, apart from a couple of years, due to the two foot years and years mouth scare mouth. precautions. Yeah. yeah. Of course, you want to say a few words about the big tractor and the ploughman, etc.?
6: Thank Mr. Lee Modriskell from Kilbitton for uh, making this piece from the to TV under on the, the show. And I'd have to congratulate him on his big win in winning it and so forth.
2: Lee Modriskell brought honours to Ireland, but particularly to, to West Cork, in the European Championships out in Russia, near the town of Suzdal in a giant field. And he said, not a stone... In this field, maybe 1,000 acres of vast, possibly oh, formerly yeah. collective farm. It, it,
6: it, it has been around, so we, did, we did it
2: Gus Long, from the Bandon Show 2019, we wish you all the very best. And as you have often said when we talk about the show, what you want tomorrow, Sunday, 19th of May, is good weather and... A really nice day for everyone at Bandon Show 2019. But good weather tomorrow. That'll really be the crowning achievement. Thank you, Gus. We are joined on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme by Mr. Kieran Collins, Chagask Tillage Specialist, Moorpark Park for Moy in County Cork. First of all, Kieran, welcome to the programme. Could you please remind our listeners about some very important events upcoming?
4: Yeah, John, uh, thank
5: you. Uh, the first event is, uh, I suppose, for recent graduates of Chagas
4: Courses. There's an on-farm event on Tuesday night, that's at 7.30, on the farm of Kevin and Margaret Toomey there in Ballyhooley. So the topics for discussion on the night will be options and opportunities for dairy start-up, And I think they're also going to discuss uh, land mobility there. So that's on Tuesday the 21st at 7.30pm for the, the recent graduate and your event then is the previous night, Monday the 20th, and that's runs from 7 to 9. Um, and that's a quality silage on-farm event. And that's uh, down in Kent on the farm of uh, Michael and Sinead Hayes. So the topics there will be making quality silage, looking at fertilizer options and grass weed control there as well. And that event is actually a KT-approved uh, event there as well, so.
2: Thank you, Kieron. Mr Kieron Collins, Chagask Tillage Specialist, Moorpark for Moy. Some upcoming IFA meetings. Sunday 19th of May, the IFA is encouraging farm families to attend and support the Let's Walk and Talk Forest Walk in Donnerill Park at 3pm. Free family friendly walk for all ages and all welcome. Monday, 20th of May, Cork Central IFA County Executive Meeting will be held in the Kingsley Hotel, Cork at 845 pm. Speaker IFA National Livestock Committee Chairman Angus Woods. Dairy Beef 2019, a Dairy Calf to Beef Open Day, is taking place on Tuesday, 21st of May at Chagask Johnstown Castle, County Wexford. This Open Day, focusing on, quote, advancing knowledge for an evolving industry, will provide beef farmers and those involved in the beef industry with the opportunity to view and discuss the latest developments in the beef industry, and it will also help you to increase the sustainability of your farm business and equip you to cope with future challenges. That's Dairy Beef 2019, a Dairy Calf to Beef Open Day, taking place on Tuesday, Tuesday, 21st of May at Chagask Johnstone Castle, County Wexford. Listeners are reminded that on Monday, 20th of May, between 7pm and 9pm, a special quality silage on-farm event is taking place on the farm of Michael and Sinead Hayes, Rathrana, Canturk and County Cork, the address P51 N2TC. On the agenda, making quality silage Fertiliser options for second cut silage, grassland weed control. Speakers from Chogusk and the industry, all welcome to attend. Kindly contact Chagas Canturk for more information if required at the following number. Chogusk Canturk 029 5086. Monday 20th of May, 7pm to 9pm. This Kanturk event is a department-approved knowledge transfer beef, dairy and sheep event. KT Event. On Tuesday 14th of May 2019 the ICSA Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association hosted an MEP Hostings meeting in Charleville. After the meeting some farmers present spoke to the Farm Talk programme about their concerns over Europe. High on the list would be cuts to the cap budget, EU trade deals and EU designation of land for the hen harrier etc. The following is a small sample of people who spoke to the Farm Talk programme. More on Wednesday
7: in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. The cut in the budget is one big concern. Uh, the lack of profitability is a bigger concern. And, and most importantly is the trade deals. They're talking bringing in ninety or 100,000 tonnes from, from Mercosur. And if Brexit goes the wrong way, there's, there's going to be 250,000 tonnes of Irish beef looking for a home and that has to go to Europe. As for glyphosate, I wouldn't ban it. It's a good weed killer for... for For killing grass and so on, but I would not allow it being used as a desiccant on a growing crop. And we talk about convergence. Um, We say a person on on a middle income cannot afford to drop. Like, it's okay, you say, to bring up somebody on a smaller income, but maybe the person on a smaller income could have an off farm job. If you have a person that's full-time farming on twenty or thirty thousand, he cannot afford. He or she cannot afford to be caught. I'd actually be in favour of actually subsidising Mercosur countries to keep their forests. Why ship beef halfway across the world when we can produce it here and let them keep their rainforests and not displace indigenous people out there? Uh, in the last ten years. Every, every few months there's a new market being opened, but it hasn't done anything for the price of beef. The price of beef is going down it's, it's not going up. I'm always very skeptical of this. It's always a case of live harsh and you get grass. I'd like to see the, the, I'd like to see the price first, and, and then we'll produce the beef.
8: I think God, there's too much red tape basically involved in all schemes coming in and that the profit and the money is going to the people running it, not the people who deserve it that would be my answer to it. There'll have to be something done to bring back the value and the, de- desi- and the designated land and they could do that easily by paying the same grant for designated land as they were for planting trees and let the people have a live in it and there's no point in saying it that rural Ireland is desecrated and its destroyed because of foolish regulation and thank you very much.
9: Well like to work for the, the people in rural Ireland is the most important because uh, at the moment the 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 towns and uh, the villages that are in rural Ireland are being decimated because farming is uh, was the the important uh, part of the the communities and now it's not because they can't survive on the farms you know what I mean only in our area only for the the fact wants to join there'd be a lot of uh, uh, farmers in a bad way like and a lot of uh, ho- ho- people that have to go abroad like you know so what I'm saying is that uh, we need to get off the designation of our land. Or leave planting, go ahead, leave the forestry. The difference is, you can get five thousand five hundred for land today, and we get a designated land is worth eight hundred an acre. And that's not, uh, the, you know, that's not right. It was handed down by our grandfather down to our father, and it had equity all the way down. And now it's worthless, eight hundred an acre, like it is a disgrace, like. And Mick, there is—he has the, the the problem there that he's uh, he 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 wants to get out, and he just can't get out. He was approved for forestry say how many 2007. years ago? 2007. 2007, and now he can't get back into the scheme over the designation and the like And we've no problem to, with the board. We're we're looking after we're farming in the agricultural business with. 35 38 years and we have never been destructive to wildlife in our part of the world anyway do you know what i mean we're I the we the fellas that were involved in in with uh, jason Fitzgerald and uh, in ifd like and we went over to europe and we sat in in the commission and we were told like that we were badly wrong like and then he came back here to, to the Irish government, and Mr Coveney launched the scheme of Oven Rock Chapel, and now we're left with a, a very poor scheme to help out those farmers. Like, like And if you were if you were in a designated land and the man outside the ditch from you, he can fall fences, plow the fields, do anything he like, get the glass, and the man inside can get the loss, all right, but he can't
2: touch the ground. Speaking to the ICSA Munster Vice President, Mr Dermot Cutter, Dermot, the turnout tonight, all the effort organising the meeting etc, are you happy with the turnout and you feel the MEP candidates, in fairness the ones who came, they gave a good account of what they would like to see. I think they gave a good account
8: of themselves, I think Eddie put them through that pace as very, very, very well. Um, Possibly if we'd have went in the night, we had a bigger crowd, it was very fine weather, there's moors all over the place. But I think we had a respectable crowd, we had much time to advertise it because it was hard to pin them down to a date. But I, I'm very happy with the outcome. I think there was a lot of very pertinent questions asked from the floor, and I think Gady Punch asked a very pertinent question, where he put them through their paces fairly, fairly well, and I think... Maybe it's it's likely that some of them hadn't been in Europe before, but if, if they go there, they'll probably improve their their show. You could see the the candidate or the the sitting MEPs had a big advantage. They know more about Europe and the walkings of Europe. You understand? Know As well, the biggest problem with farmers is they see all these regulations being imposed by possibly our own department. But the, the thing is, they'll blame Europe, and Europe will blame the, the our own court, and we like the farmers are like the biggie in the middle. And I think it's not fair the way all these regulations and things. I mean, I heard that, later that I talk about the environment and biodiversity. It's not so many years ago that the Department made a lot of people burn land and turn land upside down because they said it was ineligible. And they said that Europe made them do it. And Europe said, no, no, we, we, want, it. we want to buy biodiversity. It is the same old merry-go-round as always. I mean, they blame each, each other and farmers are being screwed in the middle.
2: Mr. Dermot Cullagher, the ICSA Irish Cattle and Chief Farmers Association, Munster, Vice President. Thank you, Dermot, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks you, much John. Well, there are two words
10: that I, that I uh, hear all the time is going forward. And I'm listening to that since mid-2000. And what I can see is that it's backwards the farmers are going. And I'll tell you the reason why. Back in the mid-2000, we were getting reps... We were getting slaughter premiums, we were getting we were getting money coming from all directions. All that money has disappeared up to now. When cattle fell we had the reps to fall back on, we had the slaughter premiums to fall back on. No cattle are falling and we have nothing to fall back on. So we're asking those panel up there to do something for the small community to bring back either reps or some of those payments back to you. And we're depending them to support the suckler small suckler community in, in, in rural Ireland because without 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 beef in this country, our beef is being sold all over the world and every everyone is satisfied and they love the Irish beef. And it's a pity they're not supported properly.
2: And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls, and as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend next Agri Update on this coming Wednesday evening after the 10 o'clock news. Thanks for listening.
1: Dairy Gold Agribusiness for quality feed, expert service, and support you can trust.